Hello and welcome to a new season of The Property Show. I'm Andrew Montlake and with me is my co-host Louisa Fletcher. We're here to talk about all things property. So whether you're staying put, buying, selling, renting or letting, we'll be chatting through the latest news on the housing market and mortgages, as well as sharing our advice and expertise to help you get the best from your home. In today's show, Lou will be talking us through the most important things to bear in mind if you're moving in the current market to reduce stress and save you money. Plus, Monty will be sharing his views on the headlines since the mini-budget last week and giving us his invaluable advice about mortgages and what you need to do next, even if you're not moving. We're here to help you make money, save money and most importantly of all, protect yourself regardless of where you are on your home ownership journey. You good to go, Lou? It feels like we've never been away, Monty. Hello, Lou. We're Hello, back. Pod- Hello, podcast partner in crime. Is, How are you doing? Well, you know, oh God, well, have you got have you got a three hours? Um, <laughs> it's, um, it is so nice to be back and to actually see you and to give you a little wave. Yeah. And uh, and yeah, we're back with a new season. Now we um, we thought we'd be back with a new season pretty swiftly after the after the last one, but it's been it's been a while. We've had a few things happen. We've had um, yeah what, Russian invasion, the sad yeah. passing of Her Majesty, very sad. A new yeah. king, a new prime minister. Yeah, a mini budget that has turned into the biggest blooming budget that there's been for generations and uh yeah it looks like we're going to hell in a handbasket but um hopefully we're here to bring some positivity (laughs) to proceedings we're gonna bring some calm and some positivity i think that's what we're setting out to do um but yes it is a bit crackers um things have changed a little bit since we recorded the final yeah, episode really of the have. last season and in fact they've changed so much in the last 24 hours even because we recorded an episode last night didn't we that was a secret <laughs> that, and no then no one's meant to know that no no but <laughs> because we want to keep our advice and our views and and everything else as up to date as possible and because some pretty momentous things have happened today even yeah, we right. decided Nope, let's do it again. So here we go. <laughs> here we go. <laughs> here we go. Um, and I think, you know, to kick it off, really, it's probably, it will set the context for everything else we're going to talk about today. If we just cast our minds back to last summer. And to help us do that, I've constructed a little bit of a time capsule quiz for you. A quiz? You love a quiz, yeah, a don't you? a little quiz. I do you love do my love quizzes. Quiz. Go on, actually, I, I like your quizzes. Okay. Oh, that's good. Go on, that's then. Good. So I'm going to warn you now, there's no phone a friend. All right. Because obviously I am the friend, right? And this is not, mu- <laughs> this is not multiple choice. You're saying I've got no other friend. I'm not saying that. <laughs> I think you're right. Anyway, go on, go on. Right, okay. So, first question. Yeah. What was... The Bank of England base rate in July 2021. Um, right, I do know this. This is hopefully lulling me into easy because <laughs> this was when nothing had really changed. We were at the lowest, the lowest ebb of the bank base mm-hmm. rate, weren't we? So mm-hmm. that was 0.1 percent. Correct. Yes. Correct. And so, compare and contrast. What is 
the Bank of England base rate today? Well, I should know well. that because I've been talking about it a million <laughs> times today. So it's 2.25% today. I don't I don't have a little cha-ching noise, but yes. <laughs> I could find one. Yeah, you could probably find I one. I could find correct. one. Correct. That is correct. So now you're getting warmed up. I've got another one. Slightly, right. slightly trickier. Go on. Thinking about last July, so July 2021, who was the Minister for Housing? <laughs> that could have been about 15,000 housing ministers ago. Um, I sort of, uh, do you know what? Where, who was it? I'll admit this is quite mean. This is quite mean. <laughs> I think, I'm thinking of Johnson. I'm thinking of who it is. I think it was, it was a naughty one, wasn't he? <sighs> Well, I, that doesn't, I think that doesn't was, really that, narrow the field yeah, no, now, does it? <laughs> was it Pinch Me Pincher? Oh, yes, it was. Oh, it was it. indeed. And and for an extra bonus point, can you name the two that came after? <laughs> no, I really can't. And that's so embarrassing. <laughs> and do you know what? I, I have sort of given up who, who the housing minister is. I, you, I do need to find out. And do you know what? That, that is an admission to all listeners. I cannot name who the housing minister is currently. So, am I fired? following? No, not at all. So, following, I had to look this up. By the way, <laughs> oh, good, right? all right. Yeah. Um, so, following Mr. Pincher, um, then it was Stuart Andrew, and yeah. now it is a gentleman called Marcus Jones, who is our current minister for housing. Mm-hmm. Yes, insert insert that. cynical comment yeah. here. Right. Okay, third question. Third question for the bonus point. How many mortgage products were available in July 2021? And I'll take a guess on this. Right, I'm going to guess. A, I'll take I'm, I'm going to guess on some of the figures that have been banded about today because yeah. I know where, yeah. why that's relevant. I would say if you're looking at residential mortgage products... Yeah. Because that's what they're talking about. That's what we're thinking about, yeah. I'd say there's probably in the region of 5,000 odd. Yeah, I was looking for a figure that started with a five, a a four-figure figure figure that started with a five, yes. Okay, um, and thinking about today, yes, Wednesday, just for the avoidance of doubt. So how many mortgage products are available today? Again, roughly. Um, there is about 25% less, if not 30% less. So, so we're going... <laughs> You're the mathematician, I'm just well, the mathematician. <laughs> <laughs> Don't say that. I do know that as in the last couple of days, we have lost around about 935 mortgage yes. products which yes, have been removed have. from the market. In fact, we I have. think as of now, it's over 1,000 that have actually... Yes been removed yes that is correct so i think the big learning from this is there are less mortgages around today than there were yesterday and then there were last summer okay so that was very good you get points good lots of points so okay all jokes aside why why are things you know i mean okay i I, trying to put some kind of (laughs) sense to this you know carnage for want of a better word yeah um 
there was a there was a mini budget on Friday. We knew it was coming. We were told in advance that there would be an announcement around tax adjustments and there would be an announcement on stamp duty. So that's where we were. Then Friday happened. Now we are where we are today. Um, can you just give us a little bit, uh, you know, some bullet points even as yeah. to why the market has reacted the way it has done to the Chancellor's I don't know if you'd call it fiscal event statement, whatever it is you want you want to call it. But Big bang politics, yeah, yeah. I called it. Yes. Um, why? Why has why have people reacted the way they have done in terms of when I say people, I mean institutions, yeah. lenders, yeah. right? So we we had a situation where the Bank of England knew that obviously there was inflation in the economy and their target is to keep inflation at 2%. Now, inflation is just under 10% at the moment. It was over. Um, so they were mediumly quickly increasing rates by around about half a percent each time um, to try and help to curb inflation. Um, which was all sort of well and good and, and, and relatively sensible. The Chancellor came around and basically said, right, we are going to embark on a fresh new journey, a very traditional conservative journey, where it's all about small state um, benefits for the wealthy because they believe in trickle-down economics. So they believe if the wealthy are better off, They'll spend money, they'll start businesses, they'll invest in businesses, and all of that will trickle down to the everyday folk and make them better off. Um, And part of it is they want to turn Britain, post-Brexit Britain, into a bit of a tax haven where they can encourage investment and encourage business. So he announced a few policies that we knew about. So um, things like not going ahead with a planned national insurance rise, it was widely trailed that he might um, get rid of the cap on bankers' bonuses, and he did that, which, okay, that's not actually on its own a big deal. What he also did was change stamp duty. So he has doubled the nil rate band for everyone from 125000 to 250000 And for first-time buyers, because he's trying to support them, he's gone from a nil rate band of 300000 to 425,000. So trying to help first time buyers, but as we know with stamp duty issues, that just means that there's higher demand at a time where there's lower supply and house prices tend to rise. They just inflate by the difference in stamp duty. But he didn't stop there either. Amongst all the other things, he decided to cut the 45% higher rate tax band. And that is what no one was really expecting. He also said that this was just the start and we're going to go further. And what he failed to do was actually say, how are we going to pay for it? We're going to pay for it by more and more borrowing because we're not going to tax energy companies. We're not going to put taxes up generally. Um, So we're just going to borrow that money. And all the financial institutions looked at him and people who are investing in the UK and thought, that's crazy. You haven't told us how you're going to pay for it, whether it makes sense. The Office of Budget Responsibility hasn't given their uh, sign-off for it and actually said that all these things will actually lead to higher growth. 
Um, and all he said when the markets were in chaos, when he could have come out and dampened things down, was, yeah, this is just the start of it. We're going to go further. So what that has done is meant that people do not want to invest in the UK, which means that when the government issues their bonds, which is how they get the money in that they need to borrow, those bond prices have crashed, which means they have to put up the interest on those bonds in order to attract attention. And that interest rate on bonds and government gilts was going up to record highs that haven't been seen for like 20 years. Um, and so that was a massive problem. And that was also a problem for pension funds who rely on um quite stable government bonds. So and that was a is, problem as well. And this is what's led... So this is the difference between what we recorded last night and today is that the Bank of England have actually stepped in today mm. and announced that they are now going to buy government debt to try to settle and calm markets to, yeah. to, to increase stability. So that's that was the big announcement at lunchtime, I believe. Yeah, today, and that's it? a massive announcement, which... Um, which basically helps to calm the markets and bring the price of those gilts and yields down. Mm. And that's where lenders come in and their interest rates, because mm. the lender's funding comes through a combination of markets, government funding schemes or savings. Um, and when you're a lender and you're faced with daily increases of around about 0.3%, that's, that's not unusual. But following the mini budget, or the maxi budget, we actually saw a daily rise of 1%, 100 basis points in swap rates overnight. So in the last four days, they've increased massively. So the cost of borrowing for lenders, and therefore the funding for mortgages, has increased really, really drastically. And to put it simply, this is something I read that someone else did um, from Accord, bank base rate has gone up by 2.15% in the last 12 months. But two-year swap rates, which drive the funding costs for fixed-rate mortgages, have gone up by 5.1%. Wow. And when the market is that crazy, a lender doesn't know that if I if they reprice a rate today, that's not going to be losing money tomorrow. So this, at its heart, is what's driving the, the mortgage lenders at the moment to withdraw products and say you know what, we're, we're, it's not that we're never going to lend again. It's not that we're never going to provide a fixed rate mortgage again. Yeah. It's just we can't offer them at the moment because we don't know how much they're going to cost. Yeah. So this is not a funding issue like it was no, in because there's more than enough money. There's more than Correct. enough money in the system. Yeah. yeah. And it's not a banking issue. This is a pricing issue and a, borrow, a borrower issue. So, for you know, for example, nationwide... Um, their rate um, is going to be around about 5.59% tomorrow for a two-year fixed. This time mm. last year is 1.6%. Mm. That's a massive change. It's, 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 yeah, I think that is, that's the word, isn't it? It's a massive change. Mm. But I think that that is the point to make. And we will probably come back to this a few times in over the course of this episode. But... Some, not all, but most of the contributors to the last financial crash um, were dealt with in a very efficient way 
when lending rules changed in 2014 under the mortgage market review. Yeah. Which is to say that if you have borrowed, um, if, you, if you've taken out a mortgage since 2014, as a borrower, you've been subjected to pretty rigorous assessments actually based on, well, you tell me, Monty, if I, if I were applying for a mortgage six months ago, my income would have been assessed to ensure that I could afford a mortgage if the bank base rate went to, was it 5%? Well, it was, um, if, if you were on anything other than a five-year fix, there'd be a 3% stress test. Mm. Now, those rules have now changed, mm. um, and that 3% stress test has gone, but lenders haven't moved that. They're, no. still, they're still stress testing. They yeah. have to stress test by at least 1%. That's in the mortgage conduct business rules. But um, but most mortgage lenders are stress testing around about that level. And they're also taking into account the cost of living rises. Mm. And now they well, have to take into account interest rate rises. Yes, yes. So the thing is, some of some of the areas that, that led to the the subprime debt crisis all those years ago, it's now not possible to get 100 or 125% mortgage, as was the case then. No. There are no self-certification mortgages anymore because they no. all went as well. Um, affordability criteria is a lot tighter. Yeah. And as you said a few minutes ago, the, the other factor that was a, a key contributor to all of you know what happened in 2008 was a lack of liquidity in the system, and that's not the same problem now. Correct. So it really is just... A pricing issue which is driven by a set of circumstances that you know I don't think there will be there will be people perhaps listening to this who might remember Lawson's budget in in the late 80s and I believe from very very hazy memory I just was finishing school at that point <laughs> that it didn't kind of go over as well as it was intended to but I don't I don't remember in 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 my kind of adult recollection a fiscal event being met with quite this reaction no. from the financial markets. I think this is this is quite this is quite unprecedented. It, Again, another word we'll probably use quite often yeah, today. It's unprecedented, even in unprecedented times, mm. and no chancellor has ever survived this mm. uh, this type of thing. And mm. um, I think what's really damning is that um, you know the chancellor hasn't really come out, and the new prime minister is nowhere to be seen. So it's um, they're, they're not doing much to calm markets at the moment. And I think what, what we're getting into now is real ideological politics. And they believe what they believe, that this is the right way. And the short-term pain is worth it for the long-term gain that the UK is going to get. So against this backdrop that we've just sort of tried to give people that are listening to us, now we, now we need to get into the back of it. And and I think the, this might sound really trite and it's really actually not meant to be. Um, but Martin Lewis was obviously, he's been very busy, like you today, um, talking about all this kind of stuff. And I saw that Martin Lewis was, was being interviewed and a, a viewer had a question for him about what to do when her current product, which is fixed, um, expires in a few months. And it, you know, obviously it's going to be a lot more. And... And Martin Lewis was very honest and he said, I just don't know what to say to you. I don't know what to do. And I think when somebody with as much credibility as Martin Lewis turns around and says, I don't know what best to advise you, I think I think we've all got to sit there and go, okay, okay, so, you know, 
shit just got serious, basically. Yeah, no, absolutely. So, so okay, we, we are where we are against a political and fiscal back, backdrop. Yeah. So now let's think about consumers. So let's sort of break it down by stages. What does this mean for someone who is perhaps in the middle of, you know, and we'll come to the other sort of aspects of moving home in a minute, but is currently in the middle of the moving process. They've applied for a mortgage. They haven't yet exchanged. Therefore, they haven't completed. What does all of this mean for them today? So if you're doing a standard residential transaction, then there shouldn't be any issues. If you've already applied for your mortgage, then it's very, very rare that a lender will renege on that rate. It does happen sometimes in the specialist market if you're using a specialist lender, which is very, very, um, very uh, reliant on the money markets. It can happen. We have had a couple of lenders do that today, but it's Mm. the very specialist side of things. But if it's a normal mainstream residential mortgage or remortgage, as long as you've got your application in, you should be fine. If you've got your offer these days, it's a binding offer. So again, Mm -hmm. you should be absolutely fine. If you've just got an agreement in principle, then most of the time, unfortunately, unless you've got the full application in, unless you're with someone like Nationwide, for example, where it's a little bit different, um, you're at risk of that rate going suddenly. And we've been inundated with lenders pulling rates. Usually they give us 48 hours notice the last two days they've give us, given us zero notice. They've just okay. said with immediate effect. So if I've right. just spoken to someone on the phone and said, yeah, get your documents in, we can uh, we can do it at this rate. Ten minutes later, that rate doesn't exist and it's now half percent or even one percent higher. So if people are in the process of applying, then your advice to them is, get your paperwork in as soon as possible because the sooner all those documents go to the lender, the sooner that application can be approved, the sooner your rate is locked in. Is that fair to say? Unfortunately, uh, you know, a mortgage is a big thing and and actually you need time to think about it, make sure um, that you've budgeted right, et cetera. But um, but there's no time for procrastination at the moment. It's got to be quick decisions um, to get get those those rates. Mm. Okay. So message to anybody listening if your mortgage broker or your lender says please send over your documents and send you a list of all the documents that that they need send them the documents as quickly as you possibly (laughs) can make that your priority for the day (laughs) it will benefit you in the long run okay so what about um those people who aren't going to be moving but do need to remortgage so and again i think we could break these down probably into two groups so you've got people who are coming off a fixed rate in the next six months what advice can we be giving them what can we be doing to help them today um again you know in a shock mortgage broker says speak to mortgage broker news yeah um (laughs) things i never thought i'd hear you say speak to a broker early um if you're if you're got six months or less remaining um have a chat with your broker have a chat with your existing lender see what they they have to offer um maybe do a bit of uh, research on a uh, comparison site so you get all the information from your lender comparison sites and your broker 
and actually a broker will help break that all down and and make sure you get the best rate to fit your circumstances but i really wouldn't wait i'd get that done as soon as possible and most offers now are valid between three to six months and that's the bit i was going to say and this is the thing i've been saying time and time again for it feels like you know weeks but actually it's just you know days is a lot of people don't realize that with most lenders you can book your rate up to six months in advance so you can apply for it now even if it's not with the same lender you're with now so it's locked and loaded and ready to go so that then when your current rate expires you can move seamlessly onto your new product and and a lot of people still don't realize that you can do that yeah yeah so uh, we always contact our clients six months before um, and now, actually, just for for care, we're just contacting clients within twelve months, and just mm. um, just to make sure they're okay, and and trying mm. to trying to help transition people mm. in the payment shop, because mm. for some people, their monthly payments are going to go up four, five, six, seven hundred pounds a month, if not mm. more. Mm. Mm. And it's there's there's no easy way. There's no easy way to deal with that. For anybody to to have such a, a shock, as you say, to your to your no. personal finances. Okay, so the lesson here is: if we if we have people listening <coughs> who are going to be coming off their fixed rate within the next six months, know that you can book your next rate now, so that it's ready to go when you need it. That means talk to someone as soon as you possibly can. Um, it won't be as cheap as you're on now, probably, but you know, move quickly and then at least you might be able to lock in before rates continue to escalate further. Okay, so the next bit is slightly more complicated. What happens if you are on a fix that's going to come up not within six months, but at some point in the next 12 months? So is it, are we at a point yet, Monty, where it's worth people looking at how much it would cost them to get out of that mortgage early? Because it will cost in many products it will cost and you know there's an early repayment charge that has to be found but is it worth paying the charge to get out of the current product to fix to get a longer term of security are we at that point yet i had exactly that question today on the on the martin ah, show yeah so so on and uh, yeah that's really interesting and, and we are doing uh, we are doing those bits of those calculations for people um, mm. But I, I will always say it, it really does depend on their circumstances mm. and their mm. attitude towards risk and what their worry mm. is, etc. Um, if people are at the beginning or near the middle of their fixed rates, then the penalties and redemption mm. penalties you have to pay to, to, to mm. leave that rate um, tend to be quite high. But if they're towards the end, then there is sort of a safety factor. It's mm. like paying paying for insurance. How much mm. would you pay for that extra mm. insurance? Mm. Um, and there's been a lot of talk that rates are going to go up to six percent, but mm. we don't know that. They might not. They mm. might actually not have to go up that far. Mm. This is all speculation at the moment. Mm. It looks likely that rates will continue to rise, and uh, the next Bank of England rate rise might be one percent or one point five percent in one foul swoop. Mm. Um, so the message to everyone is, look, again, speak to a broker, let's do the calculations, and then we can have an adult conversation mm. of whether you think mm. it's worth you doing that or not. Mm. Okay, okay. And then, so the next thing, we touched on it a few minutes ago, but now thinking about, 
you know, it's the perfect storm, isn't it? So we've got rising inflation, rising interest rates, and an energy crisis. So although the the price cap, which I think is still, you know, it is confusing, right? If you don't, if you don't really read the small print, because it's not as though people's bills are going to be capped at two and a half thousand pounds a year. It just means that the price cap per kilowatt of energy that they use, so the price per kilowatt of energy they're going to be using is going to be capped. Correct, yeah. Um, and therefore, if you use a lot of energy, you're still going to be paying a lot of money. <coughs> it's just that the average household is expected to pay around two yeah, and a half yeah, thousand that's pounds. Right. That's an important a, point. So, and this is the thing again. It's easy. It's easy to kind of you know quickly skip through the headlines on social media or you know online. But but that's the nub of it. So, thinking about the fact that the majority of people will be seeing their energy bills rising significantly on top of all of this, are we at a, a point now, Monty, where lenders are taking? that into account when they're considering affordability especially with everything else that's going on yeah absolutely and they have been for a while but um but now it is getting more pronounced i mean i sort of recalled in shock when i got my my letter last week uh your energy bills are going up in october we suggest you now pay this much a month wow how much Uh, yeah exactly so um so yeah, and and lenders, you know, they they have to assess affordability, and and mm. your yeah, energy bills are are a big part of affordability. So, so with affordability coming into play, higher energy costs, higher interest rates, uh, people's borrowing capacity is not as high as it was mm. this time last year. Mm. Mm. So hopefully, within all of that, some of the questions that some of you may have or have been concerned about we know it's a period of time where a lot of people are very worried what we're trying to do is is give you know broad answers to as many of the commonly asked questions as we possibly can um but you know we will be returning to this topic again and again in future podcasts but as a starting point basically what it boils down to is if you've got a mortgage and you're going to be needing a new one in the next 12 months speak to a mortgage broker i think that's that's kind of as 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 baseline as I can get it. <laughs> I'm happy with that, Lou. <laughs> Is that all right? Yeah. <laughs> That's good. Cool, cool. Um, well, I, I think on balance, we've probably decided to start a new season at just about the right time, don't you, Monty? Yeah, at least we've got stuff to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, we're not short. <laughs> just a reminder, you're listening to The Property Show with Andrew Montlake and Louisa Fletcher. So, Lou, it's not yeah. just the mortgage world that's changed in the last few days. Um, the housing no. market is an no. interesting space, isn't it, as well? Well, What's that's one word, one word for it, yes. <laughs> um, yes, it, it, you know, sentiment fuels markets. It's, yeah, not, the la- it's not the first time I've said it, it won't be the last. So, of course, as soon as... The um, the turbulence started in in mortgage world, um, then it very quickly fed through to the housing market. Yeah. And yes, yeah. I've looked at a lot of data over the last few days. <laughs> you love data. You love data. I but do. There's been, I... It, there's been so many like scary headlines, and there have been you know, yeah saying this and saying that. You know that um, obviously that loves to uh, sensationalise. Yeah. So. Should people be concerned about what the headlines are saying now? And, you know, for people who are right in the middle of moving now, 
what should they be aware of? So I will answer that question and I have sort of rounded up my sort of lose top tips to run through in a minute. I love lose top tips. But we should have a um, jingle for lose top uh, tips. Lose top tips. Um (laughs) but I wanted to to sort of give some context before I get into all of that. Because I do think context is always helpful for people. So, you know, we've just been talking about interest rates and if you think about it, there's a whole generation of homeowners, and for this read, people who've bought a home since 2008, who've never known anything but a sub 1% Bank of England base rate. Okay, so this, everything that's gone on in the last seven months, that's, you know, this is the first time really that they've seen these kind of movements in interest rates. But consider this, if you will, there's also a generation of estate agents who've joined the profession in the last 10 years, right? Now, they're competent people, for the most part, very competent people, um, but they don't have the experience of dealing in turbulent, choppy markets because they didn't deal with the fallout of 2008, 2009, and 2010. So I'm not saying that they're not good estate agents. I'm just saying that the skills that will be required, I believe, in the coming months are very different to the sets of skills that agents have had to acquire in the last five, six, yeah, seven absolutely. years. Yeah. So, you know, I think even if the last time we saw, you know, real kind of like shudders in the housing market was just after the Brexit vote in 2016. And if you remember at the time, it was, you know, it, for some people, it was a huge shock. For others, you know, the, the vote leave was what they wanted. But it took a few weeks for the housing market to settle. And if you remember then, you know, there was similar you know, product rates were coming and going, you know, mortgage, you know, mortgage world, mortgage breakers, you and I were chatting at that time. You know, it was it was a difficult mm. few weeks, but it did all settle because consumer sentiment, you know, after a few weeks, everybody kind of came to terms with what was going on. And indeed, you know, if you look back very quickly after the Brexit vote, the vast majority of, of the country actually saw a, a mini housing boom. Yeah, yeah, that's you know? right, yeah. If you remember. So, you know, and that goes back to sentiment fuels markets, okay? This time around, this is a lot different. This is, this is a very different set of circumstances, but the closest that we've seen in recent history would be, I'm not saying it's going to end up the same way, but where we are this week is similar to that week in 2008, which was the markets reacted to a set of circumstances mm. in a certain way. Mm. Now, as I say, just to reassure, I'm not saying the whole financial system is going to go into meltdown. But no. what I am saying is that at that particular time, buying and selling houses, it required a different set of skills, a different approach from vendors, a different approach from buyers, and indeed a different approach from the professionals that, that were helping them. So if you think about it with all of that behind you, as far as the housing market this week, there are still people who want to move house for whatever reason. You know, they're driven by their life circumstances. There is still demand out there that has not died away. There are still people who want to sell. For them, those decisions have been taken and they're committed to that. And for the most part, they still want to sell. However, the what we're seeing now is... Uh, just before COVID. So if you remember, it feels like a different world, but we had a a general election in December 2019 
We then saw a mini Boris bounce after the election because there was good, strong consumer sentiment. So we had a very busy Christmas in 2019, which took us into a very busy spring, Q1 2020. And then we had COVID. And then we all sat there for like six weeks and wondered what the heck was going to happen. And then we had the stamp duty holiday and then the whole thing took off like a rocket. So, you know, that that phase, if you will, was very much a seller's market. Sellers held the whip hand. There were more applicants. I remember a stat, I probably actually mentioned it in the last series, but at one point there were 47 applicants for every new property that was that that was available for sale. So, you know, demand outstripping supply. What we're now seeing is, depending on who you listen to, stock levels are nearly back, nearly, to their pre-COVID normality, near enough. In some areas, it's a bit patchy around the country. Um, so we've got a lot more properties available, which is balanced off by there are still people who want to purchase a home. But because of everything that we've just talked about, it's now more of a buyer's market than it is a seller's market. Mm. Um, so I think if you're thinking about selling at the moment, the, the two main takeaways I would give you are choose your agent wisely. Because what you want is somebody with experience, not just in the last five, six, seven years, but you want one, you know the sort of agent I'm talking about. Yeah. They're the, they're an old school agent. They've seen it before. They've done it before. They've been around the yeah. block a few times. This isn't their, this isn't their first, um, you know. Rodeo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a good way to phrase it. Yeah. It's not their first rodeo in terms of turbulent financial times. Um, and they know the deal, right? Yeah. Making that choice will help you and it will save absolutely. you stress. And you get what you pay for, don't you? You absolutely do. So, you know, I'm not saying I'm not saying, you know, expensive is the best and I'm not saying cheapest is the best, but what I am saying is you do get what you pay yeah. for, so choose wisely. Yeah. The next thing to think about is be realistic about your pricing. I would suggest that the days of aspirational pricing are probably behind us for the moment. There were a lot of vendors that were coming to the market last summer with the attitude of, well, I'll put it on the market for silly money. And if somebody's stupid enough to offer me it, I'll take it. Yeah. That went on Friday. Yeah. Yeah. Definite, definite shift from a seller's market to a buyer's market now, isn't it? So, you know, by all means, do your sums, work out what you need for your onward move. However, do remember that we are in a shifting market. And if... After six or eight weeks, your agent comes back to you and starts talking to you about reducing the price. Don't shoot the messenger. They're just being honest because they want to help mm. you move. And that's why I'm saying engage with an experienced agent who knows the drill. Yeah. Because anybody can outbid another agent just to get your property on the books. But it is the smart agent who will be realistic about what you can achieve and then will actually shift it for you. The other thing to think about is... And I don't know how many of these you've seen so far, Monty, but, you know, there is an expression down valuations and mortgage down valuations. So <laughs> that's a podcast <laughs> by itself. Luke. Yeah, we could probably we could probably talk about that for an hour in itself. Yeah. But shorthand, that means that at the point that the buyer's mortgage lender gets involved and they send a surveyor out to value the property on behalf of the mortgage lender. So this is not they're looking at it on mm. the perspective, from the perspective of the buyer. This is perfectly just for does this, is this worth the money the mortgage lender is going to lend on it? And there is a, a rising um, trend or growing trend, should I say, 
of down valuations whereby the surveyor comes out and goes, well, you might have agreed to buy it for that price, but it's not actually worth it. Mm. And we're only prepared to, to lend this much on it. Now, again, for sellers listening to this, this is not your estate agent's fault. This is nobody's fault. This is just symptomatic of the market that yeah. we're in. Please don't shoot the messenger when your agent rings you and says, okay, this is the situation. This is what the property has been valued at. We're now going to have to go back to the drawing board and think about you accepting a reduced price. It is not your agent's fault. They have not done anything wrong. But again, it goes back to get an experienced agent on the case because they can help you navigate that situation. So the the the, the light and shade in all of this is, of course, that 60% of sellers are going to be trading up. In other words, their next purchase will cost more than the property mm. that they're selling. Now, there I've seen this happen so many times. People... Um, you know, put their home on the market, they have an, a figure in their head that they believe they can achieve, they then get an offer under th that value and they're yeah. on the fence about whether or not they should accept it. And what I would say to them at that point is, remember, everything is relative, yeah. right? Because you're now, if you've got a buyer in place, you can go off and find something to buy and you can negotiate that down. And if you're trading up, the thing that you're about to buy, you can get for less money. So therefore, everything is relative. Mm. You're actually going to do better off in this kind of market. So again, it's just being logical and pragmatic yeah. about all Surprising how many people don't, don't, don't think about that. They get so fixated on, I've got to get this price for my home. Mm. But yeah, if they're buying a bigger property and they're getting a, it's a, bit, a little bit cheaper than they thought, then yeah, you're right, it's all relative. It's, everything's relative. So, you know... Pick your agent wisely, listen to what they've got to say. If you pick a good agent, their advice will be invaluable and therefore don't muck them about on their fee because <laughs> you're going to want these guys in your corner right now. <laughs> um, and just, yeah, and just remember everything, everything is relative and the market is, is changing on a daily basis. So stay close to your agent, keep talking to them. They're there to help you. You're paying for their expertise. Listen to what they're saying to you. Very good. Very good sage advice, Lou. Mm. thanks for that Lou you, you really are like you're like uh, how do I describe you you're like the Yoda of property <laughs> aren't you you're like, I know. Like, you've got, I know you've got, got to do your tips in, in a Yoda style there's your challenge and and that was everything about if you're selling but I tell you what we'll do let's do buy uh, your top tips for buyers yes next on the next episode yes in yes. a Yoda style in a Yoda style mm. how's buying you will <laughs> <laughs> It's a very bad feature. You know, this feature is gonna. Uh, I like this actually. It's like a bit like Ellis and John. If you listen to Ellis and John, they're, they're, when he has to do his uh, what's coming up on BBC Five Live in a certain style, maybe you've got to do some of your top tips in I'm a certain just style. Putting it out there, yeah. I'm not doing the next podcast in a princess layer outfit. <laughs> just not doing it. Right. Just not I doing it. Yeah, well, I don't know what you take me for. Okay. Right, uh, moving swiftly on, you are listening to The Property Show with Monty and Lou. So we've covered a huge amount today. I mean, there's so much we could there's talk so about. There's <laughs> so much. Um, but just to finish, because we did this last season, so I'm thinking we might carry on as we, as right. we were. Do you have any, any favourite mortgage picks you have <laughs> <to share? laughs> Or have they all gone off the system are you since having we started <laughs> Um, <laughs> do you know what? All I will say is 
there is literally no point me mentioning a rate now. Um, we know, as I said, fixed rates have, have gone up. Swap rates have gone up 1% in the last four days alone. So it's really difficult. It is really difficult to pick a rate because it will be gone by the time I finish my sentence. Mm. So um, the good news is that, as you said, just to reiterate, lenders do still want to lend. They still have mm. money to lend. Mm. And they're just having a bit of a pause at the moment until pricing settles. Mm. So mm. on the next episode, Lou, hopefully mm. I'll be able to bring you some top tips on Good. mortgages that actually mean something. Okay. I'll I'll hold you to that. And I which is quite handy because we're out of time anyway. It, we are actually, yes. We absolutely are. So wow. Yeah, what a week to come back to, eh? Bit of a tour de force, to be honest, yeah. isn't it? Um but so much to cover. We will be reconvening in probably about 10 days' time. Yeah. However, um, we make you a promise, if you're listening to this, if there is another significant announcement, whatever that significant announcement might be, um, we will hop on and do a quick 10 minutes about it. Because yeah, if, definitely. If, you know, um, th- there is every possibility that, that, you know, the Bank of England have obviously interceded today. There could be further action taken. So we yeah. will keep you abreast of events as they happen. Yeah. We, we'll keep you informed, educate as much as we can. Uh, we're going to be a bit more feisty and a bit more bolshy this, this season. So <laughs> yeah. uh, let's see how it goes. Um, but anyway, thank you very much. Thank you so much for listening. Um, it really does mean everything to us that, uh, that we know that there's at least some people out there listening. If you've liked what you hear, please pass it on. Please recommend us. And please give us a rating or leave us a review in your podcast app. And don't forget, we're here to help with your property problems and your mortgage dilemmas. And we do honestly mean that. Um, And we really do understand it's a worrying time for many people. So if you would like our advice, why not drop us an email to hello at thepropertyshow.co.uk. And if you want the very latest on the property market from the two of us, please give us a follow on social media. You'll find us on Twitter at The Property Show Pod. And Louisa can be found on a new Twitter account that I haven't made for her yet called The Property Yoga. (laughs) No jokes about lightsabers, please. Thank you so much for joining us. Family show, Lou. Family Family show. show. Family show. And we'll see you all next time.